And now, the Street Photography Magazine podcast with your host, Bob Patterson. Welcome back to the Street Photography Magazine podcast. I'm Bob Patterson, publisher of Street Photography Magazine. And our guest today is Thomas Hackenberg. He is from Braunschweig, Germany. He is a linguist, language expert, translator. He speaks really good English, much better than my German. And uh, But Thomas is a photographer. He's a street photographer. He's got a great bio on his website. Matter of fact, I, I want to take a look at it here. I mean, he just... He, I'm so impressed with uh, how specific he is about what he does. He's an amazing street photographer. I have to say that. He's been uh, featured in uh, many publications and many contests. He participated in the uh, Miami Street Photography Festival, one of the recent ones. And we can go on and on about the awards he's won. Uh, So I'm real happy that uh, he's been able to get together with us. This month, in the uh, June 20. 22 issue of Street Photography Magazine, Thomas uh, published an article with a lot of his work, so you definitely have to look at it. And the title of the article is Searching for My Rue Muftar. And uh, he's going to tell us all about that uh, when we talk. And then, of course, you can read all about it in the magazine. So I encourage you to because it's got a lot of his best work in there. And and, uh, so you definitely have to see that. So anyway, I've rambled on long enough. Thomas, thanks for coming. Uh, I really appreciate you can uh, get together with us. Thank you, Bob. First of all, thanks for all your nice words. Thanks for having me on today. And real big honor for me to have the chance to talk to you today. So thank you. Well, you're you're welcome. You're uh-huh. welcome. Pleasure, pleasure is all mine. Hello, everyone uh, listening to this podcast. And hopefully they'll say hello back. Just a big howdy. Yeah, big howdy from Germany. Big howdy, y'all. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, before we get into things, why don't you give us a little bit of your background and tell us how you, you know, drifted into street photography of all things. You sure. Know, you can photograph anything, right? And sure. uh, And uh, anything you want us to know about you. Yeah, sure. So I'm Thomas. I'm 59 years old. Talking to you from the town of Brunswick, Braunschweig, as I said already. So photography basically accompanied me through all my life. I got my first camera, camera at the age of 10. First serious thing at the age of 18. And in fact, I've always loved shooting people on the street. I have some really early pictures on my website and in my Instagram feed back from San Francisco, 87 or Italy, 1991. These pictures are quite popular, and I did them because I've always loved, you know, taking pictures of people on the street without even knowing the genre was called street photography. (laughs) So that evolved over the years, had like a longer break, which was dedicated to family photography, baby photography, and the focus on my professional work life. And since 2010 or 2011, I really focus back on street photography again because I've got more more spare time to dedicate to it. Yeah, in your article, you said that you're heavily influenced by Cartier-Bresson, which yeah. many people are. So what is yeah, it about his work that, that 
Yeah, I can I can tell you the story behind the. Uh, I was thinking of a title which could raise um, interest and 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 the most fitting thing I could possibly think of was searching for my very own Rue Mouffetard, because it's a picture by Henri Cartier-Bresson. I think it's called Rue Mouffetard, nineteen fifty four, and it shows a little boy. It's a black and white picture of a little boy um, proudly carrying two huge bottles of wine. And when I got my first serious camera at the age of 18, I bought myself a photo compendium or photo manual. It was published by Kodak, if my memory serves me correctly. And as I poured over the pages, I, I saw this picture of, of that little boy and the two big wine bottles. And it, it really struck me like lightning. It was like a revelation to me. I was thinking to myself, you know, how, how can you be there in such an intimate moment with the equipment of the time and take such an intimate fleeting moment and make such a great picture of it? And this picture really served me like kind of guardrail throughout all my life. It's like a, a compass to me. Second big name, which had a, a big influence on me, is uh, the name Thomas Höpke, which is a German photojournalist, quite popular. Uh, when I was a teenager, I had a subscription of German Geo magazine, mm. where Thomas Höpke frequently uh, published photo stories, among others, of Eastern Germany of the time, Beijing or New York City. And these pictures also... Um, had a tremendous impact on me. That's why I also wanted to take, was one reason why I wanted to take pictures of people on the street. Maybe by copying Höpke in the first place, but then over the years trying to develop my own style. Yeah, and um, yeah, and that you have. In, um, in the article, that we publish, there's a sentence in there that you wrote that really struck me. It says, for me, a good picture must have a thought-provoking note, mm -hmm. some humorous or quirky details, some kind of storyline. Mm -hmm. And that's certainly true. That almost every photograph of yours that I've seen and uh, what you state there is very hard to do. Very hard. And I would also say that street photography is one of the hardest uh, trades in the in photography. I agree. You can't plan anything. You can't plan light. You have to be really quick. You have to be really um, proactive in a way, trying to see or, or take chance and see things as they emerge. So it emerged over the years, evolved over the years, I'd say. Yeah, and it's like, you have what you have. The light is what it is at that time. You mm -hmm. can't control it other than, you know, positioning yourself in, in the right place. Mm -hmm. And, you know, so, so much, so much is random, but you have a very cl clear and specific, um, I guess, objective for, for lack of a better term or, or vision. Thank you. And uh, which most people don't, or at least don't articulate it. Uh, which I, which really impressed me, and then and like I said, that's very very hard to do, much harder than just snapping pictures of people walking down the street and hoping mm -hmm. to get something interesting. And and I just wondered, is this? I mean, was this a decision you made early on, and then pursued that as a goal, 
or was it more of a discovery of something about yourself as you looked at your own work? The latter, I'd say. It was like a discovery. I think to be a good street photographer, of course, you, you need a, an eye. But you also need what is even more important to me is you need a heart. You need to be a, an emotional person, um, which like provides you with a key to see the little stories of life as they emerge. As yeah. Joel, Joel Marowitz put it, uh, photography gives you a license to see, and that's very true. And I've, I've, I've looked at hundreds or many, many photo books and deal with the genre like every day. And so it comes with the time. You, you go, I go out on the street every week at least. And uh, you also develop your style by doing it. That's true. I mean, and to get as many excellent photographs as, as you have that really meet with your vision, I mean, you must have to shoot a lot. I mean, it's not something you can just go out and do no. this afternoon and no, no. run with 12 excellent photographs or even one. Well, I'm going out every week, I'd say it, at least yeah. every week, sometimes every day. But since I'm still really active in my, in my work, professional work life, I don't have you know, enough time to, to dedicate to, to, to street photography. But that yeah. will come. That will come, I'm sure. Yeah, well, you... You know, you have to pay the bills too. That's right. Yeah. So you said this was this was something you discovered about yourself. I mean, what did it? Was it uh, like a brilliant revelation, or is it something that you just started to notice over time? And well, as I said, the the picture by uh, Cartier Bresson and Thomas Hepka these were revelations to me, and these like. I'd say that that uh, those two photographers sent me on my way as a street photographer, and I've never forget that. And you know, when I started publishing the first things and and achieving first little successes, it also um, spares you on or promotes you, you know, going on and on and on. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, going out looking for people. I think there's a lot of, I'd say, cliche photography out there these days with graphics or silhouettes or shadows. Um, it's good that everyone has its own taste, of course, but to me, a picture must be personal. Um, it must not be or should not be interchangeable. For me, a good picture must be personal, personal and, you know, raise some question. Trying to do things that are not so easily to be, you know, to be copied because these are so fleeting moments, which, which only exist for, for a few seconds. Yeah. That's one thing. I mean, you have to be really fast and really lucky to mm -hmm. capture the, uh, the scenes that you capture. Yeah. Cameras always preset depending on lighting conditions. So just basically have to race the camera and shoot without thinking too much. Yeah. Yeah, of course, you have to be in the right place as well. Mm -hmm. But beyond that, you have to see it. You have to notice it in the first place. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I think many of us just walk on by things that could be very interesting photographs with, mm -hmm. without, even, without even knowing they're there. I know I've shot, uh, the last couple of months, I've shot with a few other people who are much more experienced than I am. Mm -hmm. 
And we were in the same places at the same time, and they've walked away with some very interesting photographs. And mine were the same ones that <laughs> capture all the time of the same scene. But you have the chance to evolve, Bob. You know, with the time. exactly, yeah, exactly. But I'm still, uh, I'm still hoping for the picture of my life could be around the left or right corner, and you know, this also like um, propels you in a way to to go on shooting. Or it could be one you've already made, <laughs> and you're not thinking about. Could you? Could be. Yeah. So you say your camera's already preset. What, mm -hmm. what do you mean by that? Are, are, are you do you zone focus? Do you or you just make sure you've got got the right uh, exposure settings and? Yeah. Basically, it depends on lighting. If the if yeah. the sun is, I've I've programmed a few settings to you know buttons on my camera. Mm -hmm. If there's bright sunshine, I have one button. If there's a cast overcast cloudy sky, I have one button, which is basically eight and twenty fifth. And if it's really, really sunny, it's eleven and four hundred. And I have I have a Sony A7, which you know, which has a a focus option that moves with uh, with an with an object that approaches you. Mm -hmm. And this I I program to another button. So if I see something interesting coming up to me. Just switch on that setting in a in a blink of a of an eye, and I can follow a person approaching me with a focus uh, in place, which is which is really good. So basically, three three settings I use. So that'd be the like continuous focus then. That's right. Yeah, and yeah. following the object. Yeah, but you're doing manual exposure. That's right. Yeah, I'm doing auto yeah. ISO, auto ISO, and, and oh, okay, that. yeah. Aperture and yeah. and, uh, and speed setting is uh, is manual, depending on light of the day. Yeah, interesting. I see. See in your article, you shoot mainly with a thirty-five millimeter. Yeah, that's the only only lens I use. It's really really uh, simple. What I'm doing, it's yeah. the one the one and only. It's a it's a prime lens thirty-five Zeiss lens for the uh, Sony A7, and I'm happy with it. It's it's unobtrusive. It's small. Um, yeah. Um, it, it serves my needs, I'd say. Yeah, I mean, I, I also primarily shoot with thirty-five, mm -hmm. um, and uh, I don't know. That just seems seems to work for me ninety percent of the time. Yeah, I'm not yeah. the biggest. I know I'm not not so much into tech talk. I'm not the techie guy. Yeah, what's important is you know the head and the heart. Uh, I'd say. But 35 mil is, for me, the good choice. Yeah, I think yeah, rather than having the latest and the greatest, it's more important to be one with your camera. That's right. You know, yeah. You're so comfortable with it, you know, you uh, having the muscle memory, like you, you know what button to push to get. That's you know, right, yeah. That's right. Bright, I don't, yeah, I don't have to think too much what I'm doing. Yeah, your, um, your style, I think the thing that uh, that really jumped out of me from the beginning is it's humorous. Thank you. Yeah. First of all, it's, I appreciate you saying I have a style because, you know, as a photographer, I'm always in doubt if it's any good what I'm doing. And, you know, it's what I'd like to achieve, of course, is, you know, finding my own visionary language and style. So if you say you could see a style, thank you for that. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. So, and I, and it is, I mean, generally quite humorous. 
So are you a funny guy? Are you a, a life of the party? No, I'm not. I'm the, <laughs> on the contrary, I'd say. Yeah. Maybe I'm, well, I'm an, I would say I'm an emotional person, but I'm more of the introverted guy. Mm -hmm. And photography also helped me in a way, you know, to, to, to go out and become more social, sociable. Is it sociable? Sociable, the word? Sociable, yeah. Yeah. And maybe I became a photographer because in my teen years, I was too shy to stand on a, on a stage and play the guitar. I love music too. My second love next to photography. And I regret that I don't know how to play an instrument. So I had to make the camera my instrument to express myself, maybe. And I was well, more, of a, more of a shy guy in my, in, my, in my teens. Yeah. Yeah, you know, that's not uncommon in this field, I, I, I don't think. Uh, there's a guy in my, where I used to live in Cleveland. He was a brilliant photographer. Mm -hmm. uh, he was a member of our local camera club. Mm -hmm. Quite good, brilliant photographer. But he wouldn't. He wouldn't even talk to people. I don't well, know I, if. He, yeah, I mean, I, I don't think he said two words to me the whole time I knew him. Well, I'd and, say I'm more. I'm more. I'm a bit more talkative. I, I oh yeah, absolutely, talk. absolutely. Mm -hmm. But uh, mm -hmm. you know, sometimes I think it helps to be. Mm -hmm. I, I am mm -hmm. as well. I'm mm -hmm. actually quite shy and. and you know, in public, and but uh, it uh, maybe it helps to be more thoughtful. Yeah, and I think yeah, humor is yeah. I like I like fleeting moments in a way. I like visual puns. I like humor a lot. So I think you know, making people smile or laugh is is a good goal to to try to achieve. I'd like to take a quick break to thank the Street Photography Magazine subscribers for your support. We couldn't do this without you. You may have noticed that we don't sell advertising or sponsorships in the podcast or inside Street Photography Magazine itself. And that's because we want to be completely objective about the work we publish and the services and gear that we cover. Our only constituent is you, our listeners and readers. So if you like what we're doing, you can support the show by subscribing to Street Photography Magazine. It's only $5 per month, and you can do it by visiting streetphotographymagazine.com slash subscribe. And now back to the show. Other things, you know, I, I seem to see in your work is it, it's, you know, the, the photos are always interesting, often humorous, but there seems to be a, a deeper theme there. Mm-hmm. In in many cases, mm -hmm. um, which one are you thinking of? Well, I think of the uh, there's the photograph of the two women. It was taken must have been several years ago. They had the the the, the one ten camera. Yeah, older ladies. Yeah, this is one of the ones. Yeah, I just mentioned taken in in the early nineties in Italy. It's a it's a it's like a documenting time today because these cameras are no longer on the market. No, it, well, it, it got me because uh, uh, we. My mother had one of those cameras. Yeah, it's a one-time film thing. Yeah, and I got yeah. some some younger people writing to me on Instagram and asking me, "Hey, guy, what a what sort of camera is this? Is it the latest gadget?" Oh no! And I said, "No, it's not the latest. It's quite outdated, actually." Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very outdated. Yeah, and the film is like tiny. Tiny, tiny. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, 
No, I also saw, you know, no, uh, whether it's on purpose or not, some religious symbolism there, like the, the ice cream cone. Yes. yes. With the, Yes, with I, the melted ice cream in there. Yeah, I saw I saw the cross on the ground, yeah, and it's cross, it's, yeah. it's it's a nice pun, you know, combines yeah. melting melting ice cream with with death, and it's good you see it because not everyone sees it. Thank you. Yeah, one thing I notice about your work is everything is candid. You know, many people approach people on the street, talk to them, do portraits. I don't see any of that in yours. Yes, that's that's true, and I, that's can honestly say that you know. Candidness is the prerequisite for me. Nothing is staged. I'd say life is strange enough, so <laughs> I never, I never, never stage pictures, or rarely. And if I do, I'd, I'd better not call it street photography, but street portrait, for example. Mm -hmm. I'll, I'll wait for a good picture if I think that something beautiful could, could be happening soon. So I wait, and it may pan out or not. That's what I love so much about street photography, that pictures can happen. Suddenly, everything can suddenly come together or cannot. And this pleasant anticipation is really that, that gives me joy in what I'm doing. Do you ever engage with your subjects at all, or you just shoot and move on? I try. I try yeah. to, to avoid engaging. So I'm, I'm like a lone wolf, and I'm, I'm fast, you know. <laughs> Yeah, I can't, uh, was thinking about this, if, if, you know, shooting in a workshop group, I'm not sure, I'd love to do it, you know, to socialize with other people and talk with other people, mm -hmm. but I'm not sure if I'd, if I'd make, the, make the best pictures during such an occasion. So I like shooting on my own. And, uh, mm -hmm. sometimes if people notice later on that I've taken a shot, I'll smell to them even at two or three occasions where I explained what I was doing, but uh, normally I'm not uh, interacting with my, with the people I take pictures of. So when you do have to explain yourself, do you ever say you're doing street photography? Yeah, but people don't understand it. Yeah, and if you do, <laughs> this is the next question. How do you tell them? You take pictures of streets? <laughs> Well, sometimes, you know, to, I tell them that I'm a workshop member and that we're on a workshop and we're, we had the task of, you know, shooting people on the street. And in the, during those three or four occasions, it sufficed their need and it was okay for them. Yeah. You know, and sometimes I'm not explaining too much because they don't want to hear. No, everybody's wrapped up in themselves. They care That's less right. what anybody else is doing. Yeah. So never came up major problems and about what, what I was doing. Yeah, that's, that's good. That's good. So, and I, think, I mean, as you know, there are those basic ethics that, you know, every good street photographer should, should obey. I don't take pictures of, of beggars. I don't take pictures of children which are on their own. Yeah. I just like to try to take, pic try to make pictures that are okay. Yeah. Yeah. So earlier, we were talking earlier, you said something about uh, giving into your weaker self. Yeah, we talked about this one when we were not on recording. Yeah, what, what do you mean by that? Uh, in German, we have this expression of your innerer Schweinehund, which is so hard to translate. I'd, I'd say it's, mm -hmm. it's your, your, weaker, your weaker self. Mm -hmm. And you know, 
not giving in or not not subduing to this inner weaker self. This is one of the one of the the, the big challenges for me. You know, uh, having the guts to you know raise the camera to your eyes and and making the picture when things could become or dangerous or uncomfortable in a way. So if in that instance you gave in to your weaker self, what would happen? You just would leave the camera at your side and move on? And I feel annoyed with myself later on because I didn't, you know, take the chance. So now over the years with my uh, experience as a street photographer, I almost always, you know, make make the shot I like to make. Yeah, it looks like it. Um, yeah, for example, well, another photograph that really struck me is a, the gentleman's hand. He's got he's got tattoos all over mm -hmm. his arm, his hand, and, and he's holding a little little toy, little doll. Yeah, this is one and, of the rare pictures which is not which are not candid. It was it's it's not staged either. It's an observed picture, but I I told the man, hey, you've got such an interesting tattoo. Would you mind me taking a picture of, of your hand? Okay. So he just uh, stood still for a second. So it's not candid, but it's not staged either. It's sure, sort of like sure. an, an observed scene. So when you took that, did you take multiple photographs from different angles? or No, no basically one. I took one. three or four pictures from the same angle. Yeah, and it was quite successful. I think this one was a finalist at the Gothenburg Street Photo Festival in Sweden last year. So it was good to see this on an, hung on a wall. Yeah, you've been in so many contests and uh, had your work published in a lot of places. Um, what's your? What are you most proud of? Hmm. You mean in photographic terms? Yeah. Well, I'd, maybe my picture of the river, of the car on the river, with the with the man seemingly talking to the geese, which was published so many times and was a finalist and was a winner in, in Poland with the Fujifilm Awards, Moment Street Awards. It was a picture I like a lot. Yeah, me too. I just not just a guy with the geese, mm -hmm. but you've got the. The car in the middle of the creek mm -hmm. with people supping pat. I mean, what a hilarious. I mean, it's funny in a way. Hopefully, there's nobody in that car, but mm. I can see why you won so many contests with it. This picture is kind of a bit different to me because it, it was a picture I planned. Mm -hmm. the, car, the car in the river is actually a piece of art. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, it was a. It was a, a lighting, uh, a lighting, a show with with um, pieces of light art which were turned on during the evening hours. And this uh, Volkswagen in the river is a piece of art, representing. Uh, in German, we have that book called the Generation Golf, which are young young adults, you know, getting everything from their parents, having the money to buy a car. Mm -hmm. And uh, and even when this car has has gone in the river and is about to sink, 
in the evening hours it would uh, it would uh, radiate disco sounds and the interior of the car would be lighted <laughs> and it's 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 hard to explain it's like a symbol for the young generation that don't care about anything and even listening to disco music when the whole thing goes down the drain so this is the uh, basic um meaning of that piece of art by a german video artist called Björn Melhus interesting yeah and i wanted to to make this picture because i thought to myself it might look bizarre for someone who's not from my hometown not knowing that this car in the river was a piece of art and wait for some you know ordinary elements to come together and to combine with this oddness of the car in the river yeah and i saw this man and his son feeding the geese and seemingly talking to the geese and you know it was it was a lucky shot one of the last ones in a in a in a in a in a, in a sequence of of more than one is that car still there no it was <laughs> it was like a temporary yeah, installation it was for, I think for two months or so it was oh, okay. lighting lighting festival in 2020 well that's uh pretty pretty interesting but i when I first saw the work, when you sent it to the magazine, mm -hmm. you know, I saw this photo. I said, "Oh, I've seen that." <laughs> yeah, it was. It was. Yeah, it was published on on quite a number of occasions. Well, you know, the thing you said is that uh, you said, and you've written about is the fact you've been heavily influenced and inspired by photo books. Yes, I'm a keen collector. Yeah, in fact, you know, we, we have a video feed as we talk, and you've got several popular books behind you. I mean, which, which one has had the most impact on you, if you could single any out? Um, maybe Elliot Irvitt, Personal Exposures. I like Elliot Irvitt a lot, such a mm -hmm. wise man, and I like his humor. And maybe he also spurred my hum humor. And I also picked Wildflowers by Joel Marovitz. I picked uh, Perfect Strangers by Melissa Shaughnessy. 1964 by Winogrand. All That Life Can Afford by Matt Stewart. Cardiff After Dark by Marcy Darkovitz. And Doogie Wallace, Dex, Hands and Bunnies. So these are photographers I just find hilarious. I adore and I'd love to become a photographer as good as them at some point in time. Well, if your house caught on fire right now and you could only grab one of those books. It would be Gary Winogrand, 1964. Ah, okay. Which I think is also the most valuable one. I assume you've seen the, the film about him. There are quite a number, aren't there? That, yeah. Uh, I'm thinking the one that was, uh, well, it was made for uh, public broadcasting here in the U.S., I just saw it a few months ago. Excellent. Is it a newer, a newer film? No. No. I got a lot of stuff from, from YouTube. I'm not sure if I know it. But Gary Winogrand, I mean, he's the master. He invented it all to me. I've seen his picture in MoMA. So street photography has found its way into museums. And, you know, he's, mm. he's one of the best to me. True role model to me. Yeah. Yeah. And they, and they still have work. He still has so much work that hasn't even been seen. Yes. Same story as like Vivian Meyer discovered rolls of films not even um, processed yeah. or, or, or developed. No. 
Yeah, years after she died, mm. almost wound up in the almost wound up in the landfill. That's right. And I think, yeah, same with Gary Winogrand, many roles of film un, un, undeveloped. Yeah. You know, I have yet to go to MoMA. I think next time I go to New York, that's that's on my list. Yes, I was there. I had the chance to go there only once, but I was I was blown away. It's so good. It's so good. Yeah. Definitely come again. Yeah, and I'm a lot, I'm a lot closer than you are too, so mm -hmm. I guess I have no excuse. Yeah, just a bit closer, Bob. <laughs> yeah. So, what do you want to do? I mean, what's next? I mean, what do you what do you want to see or do that you haven't done yet in terms of photography? Well, actually, tomorrow I'm going to Luxembourg to to see my friend Mark Erpelding, which I only know virtually. He's a member of. Uh, Luxembourg Street Photo Festival team. You know, I will go to Luxembourg tomorrow and uh, be part of the Luxembourg Street Photo Festival over the weekend and actually have the chance to meet uh, Matt Stewart on Saturday for a photo review I uh, booked with him. I'm really uh, eager to meet him. Um, yeah, I can I can see why. I'd, I'd love to meet him too. He's yeah, can, can I have my old... Can have my all that life can afford signed finally. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can see that up behind you. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so you're obviously bringing the book with you. Yeah. So I, yeah, I go to Luxembourg and uh, yeah, basically keep on shooting like like uh, as much as I can, and also looking to that phase after my work life where hopefully street photography can get a bigger slot and can kind of more time to devote to photography and maybe have the chance to travel to a few cities around the world. Yeah, that's something we all want to do. And of course, we haven't been able to do too much over the last yeah. few years. Thanks to COVID, yeah. Yeah, you also said something like this in your, your book. You said you as you grow as a photographer, you would like to do more more complex photos with more mm -hmm. layers. Mm -hmm. That's right, right, yeah. And so what's the, what's behind behind that ambition? Well, I've I've taken a number of shots which are nice details like or humorous mm -hmm. with ducks or little with the ice cream, little things which which, mm -hmm. which I quite like. But to me the real art is what like, for example, what Melissa Shaughnessy is doing, mm -hmm. you know, having wider angles with more people, no overlaps and no interesting scenes, which are, you know, complex as far as layers are concerned, which are not only detailed shots, but a bit more, more complex. And even harder to do than That's what you're right. doing now. That's right. Yeah. So it's. Yeah, it's, it's like an ambition to evolve, evolve like a photographer, to get to get those more complex shots. You know that one from from Paul Kessel with the, mm -hmm. um, yeah, I don't, I don't know the title. It's he yeah. told me that it's it shows people waiting in front of a hotel for this supermodel Kate Moss, yeah. and where this where this guy looks into the camera and the other persons look toward that hotel. This is such a good shot, and this is these are the shots I like. I'm I'm after in a way. Yeah, and that's funny because he said the same thing. He wants to do more of that 
Mm-hmm. And it's it's hard. I mean, it's, it's really hard. It's the highest art. Yeah, the the detail yeah. shots are nice, and they're sometimes also difficult. But you know, the the wider angles, the 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 entire scenes, they are really hard to find. Yeah, you know, I I also I feel the same way, and so I'm curious: is what what do you personally need to learn, or what skills do you need that maybe you don't have? to help you get there other than more time. Obviously you need a lot more time because it's so hard to find these situations as they come together. So you have to do it more often. And yeah, I mean, that's hard to answer, Bob, maybe, yeah, maybe okay. over, you know, maybe, maybe overcome shyness or as I, as I told it, my, my inner weaker self, which sometimes holds you back. Uh, when it's too obvious that you're 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 making photographs, yeah. You know when the, when you're in a crowd, though, I think people notice you less yeah, than yeah. when there's only when you're the only other person on the street. Yeah, yeah, and in my town, we have like 250 inhabitants. You don't have that many crowded places where you can you know camouflage or hide yourself. Sure. It may be, oh, it's definitely easier. And I've been, I've been in places like Rome or Barcelona where, you know, when you're mm-hmm. part of a crowd, things, sure. come, things come easily if they come. Yeah. And I'm, well, I've learned myself that I've become more patient working a scene. I'll, if I think, oh, that might have been a good one, I keep on shooting because very often the best ones come at the really end. Yep. When things come together, yeah. Otherwise, I don't think I don't think too much when I'm going out. I'm just trying to be in the moment, trying to be open, and yeah, open to things that catch my eye. Really, I, I try to react what I see without planning too much. Well, you have to, I, and I notice. Um, you know, I, I I'm always concerned about people noticing me and. And wondering what am I, what am I doing, and mm-hmm. you know, uh, reacting to me when I wish they wouldn't. Mm-hmm. When you're there for a while, photographing, like you say, working a scene, mm-hmm. they forget about you. Yeah, you blend with the environment. Yeah, yeah. you just blend in. You're just mm-hmm. that guy with the camera. Mm-hmm. You know, at first they're looking at you mm-hmm. sometimes, and, and uh, that's what I found. But it takes a while to get there too. That's right, and I just have to want to practice more. Practice, practice, practice. That's right. That's right. As they say in golf, practice was a practice with a purpose. Oh yeah, you're a golf player. Um, yeah, I I played my entire life. Mm-hmm. My dad was a very good golfer. He was a scratch mm-hmm. golfer, so I learned at the age of six. Mm-hmm. And I haven't played much lately. It gets really hot here in the summertime, which mm-hmm. makes it hard hard to play. And uh, I'd rather go out and photograph if I'm going to take a lot of time. Yeah, that's what I'm out. And I'd I'd rather photograph. But there are so many analogies between street photography and golf. Um, and, and you know who really knows that is Paul Kessel because he was a competitive golfer in his younger days. I think yeah, I've I've, I've heard this before. Yeah, he was a golfer yeah. too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Was he was he a golfer or was he a baseball player? I'm not sure. He was, uh, a sport, he was a sportsman anyway. 
Yeah, he might have played baseball too. I might. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't be surprised. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't mm-hmm. be surprised. He was. Uh, you know, he never says how good he is, but I assume he's quite good. If you tell people you're a competitive golfer, it's such a tough game. I mean, it's like it's like street photography. You can never get the perfection. Yeah, it's you know, as I said, it's it's about being you know trying to be open to the let's call it the the human condition, you know, mm-hmm. seeing people with your heart, and I'm I'm also interested in in in, in significant gestures. Yes, hand, hand gestures are interesting, and if I've missed one, I've noticed that people tend to repeat things. So if yeah. I've missed a thing. I'll stay to the scene because it might happen again, and often it happens again, and that's that's a treasure. What I what I what I love about it. Yeah, that's true. You know, I never thought about that, but that's mm-hmm. true. People do tend to make the same gestures over and over. It's yeah, and, habit, muscle memory, whatever. What have yeah, you. and if I miss miss, I've missed a lot of things, and sometimes they tend to repeat the same gesture again. Yeah. What other tips do you have? <laughs> well, take a camera with you. Uh, yes. <laughs> Best camera oh. is the one you've got with you. you no, know, be, being able to work your camera without thinking about it. Yeah. And, you know, having work ethics, not abusing anyone. That's really important. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And when I, you know, when I look at Winograd or even at, at Bystander, there's a lot of blood on the streets. There are, Beggars, there are dwarfs, there are war veterans. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure if if I dare to take these pictures today, or if they if they'd be okay to be taken today. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, if you want to start a fight in a street photography group, just talk mm-hmm. about photographing the homeless. That's right. Yeah. And uh, I don't know if I, there's. I any. don't. I don't do it. Yeah, I, I don't either, and we rarely publish them unless it's part of a larger story. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I don't know; people can get pretty indignant over things. <laughs> yeah, they're right. They're right. So you've been a lot of places. You live near a very interesting city. What? Uh, where, where's your favorite place? To do street photography, my home turf, my home turf, Bob. Really? Yeah, it must be my home, my my hometown because you know I I know my hometown best. I know when one of the good days when people are out. I know when at what times of day, what lighting conditions I can find. That's one thing. And if I if I travel, I travel to Berlin, which is just two hours away by train. Berlin is nice. I've been to Rome, to Barcelona. I've been to New York City, and I'd definitely love to go to New York City again. I'd love to take pictures in India, which hopefully have the chance one day. Go to places like exotic places like Varanasi or 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 Nepal. So lots of lots of plans around the corner. Hopefully, you know. Fulfill some of them at least. So, when you go to a new place to shoot, do you feel overwhelmed? Does it take a while to get into the groove of 
of that place? A little while, a little yeah. while. I'm I'm quite good at adapting to to new yeah. uh, circumstances. I start basically start shooting immediately, and if it's a good day, I'll get into that groove or flow quite quite uh, quite quickly. Yeah, and sometimes you don't, right? Yes, yeah. I don't know. Personally, I have a tough time when I go to some place I've never been. It's mm -hmm. just like everything's fresh and new, and I and I, I, I maybe fall prey to what they call FOMO, fear fear of missing out. Oh, you I know, see. Here, I see. Yeah, maybe mm -hmm. that place down there is better. Mm -hmm. No, just you know, take my time, go out, and if it works out, yes, and if it doesn't work out, next day, give it a yeah. try. Yeah, there's always another day. Yeah. Always another day. Well, Thomas, so um, tell me, what do you, what didn't I ask that you wish that I did? Oh, you actually asked quite a lot of interesting questions. I hope I could, <laughs> I could uh, answer them uh, in a, in an English of sufficient quality. I'd say. Oh, absolutely. Mm. <laughs> well, as I said, you know. Candidness is is quite important to me. You can see on Instagram, you can see lots of pictures which are definitely not not candid, which are sold as candid, and which are which are published by quite uh, renowned platforms and hubs. Yeah, which annoys me here and then. But it's I mean, it's it's my personal thing. I like I like candidness in in photography. Yeah, yeah, me too, me too. Real life. That's right. Real life. Without, without staging. Well, before we go, please tell us where people can, can see you or see more of your work. Yeah, my website is at www.hackenberg.info. And yeah, I'm also found on Instagram, you know, by just typing in my name. And that's it, huh? That's it, basically. I'm not, a, not on Facebook Easy. because... Where yeah, I'm not trying to serve too many platforms because they, you can't. they eat, eat up too much time. It, uh, they do. I mean, and you've got, you want to go out and shoot yes. and you have a job. You can't That's spend right. all day on social media. That's right. Yeah. So I basically restrict myself to Instagram. Well, that's wonderful. Well, thank you. Yeah. It was so good talking to you, Bob. Thank you very much. Same I really, here. really enjoyed the session with you. Thank you. Same here. And I look forward to meeting you in person. Yeah, whenever you come over to Europe, as I told you, definitely meet in Germany or I come to Washington. Come to Washington and I'll come up. Meet you meet you and all the Washington uh, DC SPC guys like Marcy and Chris Suspect and I only know <laughs> them only know them by uh, by Instagram. Yeah, they're an excellent group. So That's right, that's right. That's so good. thank you for, thank you for having me, Bob. You're welcome. My pleasure. Thank you. Your thoughts about the show go a long way in helping us decide on the guests and the subjects that we include in each episode. So please take a few moments to write a review in Apple Podcasts or whatever service you use to stream your podcasts. It helps us know if we're on the right track and it helps others to find and enjoy the show. The editor of Street Photography Magazine is Ashley Refo, and our audio engineer is Russell Boyd from WeBit Studios, found at 
webitstudios.co.uk. I'm Bob Patterson, and this is the Street Photography Magazine podcast, a service of Street Photography Magazine. Street Photography Magazine.